Welcome to Emran's podcast, episode number 48. This is your host, Suman Silwal. I invite people to, to, to take a look at, at our event. Follow Marathon Runs on Instagram and visit emruns.com to get discount codes, links to race photos, and more. I would like to welcome Frankie Ruiz to Emran's podcast. Frankie is a co-founder of Miami Marathon. Frankie, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. And yourself? Great. great. How's Miami weather now? Well, uh, palm trees are swaying, and uh, we're probably in the, uh, I don't know, maybe high 70s. Uh, but it looks looks pretty nice out here for a February afternoon. Frankie, before we go further in our interview, can you tell us about uh, your running journey? How did you get started running? Sure. I'm one of those, I guess you can refer to as a lifelong runner because I, I picked up running at, at a very young age, probably um, about 10 years old or so. Got invited to to run with my my dad. He just said, oh, "You want to come run with us?" And I remember vividly um, enjoying the run, you know, and and having played soccer and other sports. I I thought to myself, "Wow, I think this is one of those things I'm going to stick with." At a very early age, I, I guess I kind of figured that out. Um, I was one of the few kids who enjoyed running laps in in physical education class and and whatnot. Um, I guess I haven't looked necessarily back since. It's one of the, I don't get asked that question too often, but uh, but I have been uh, been running for an entire lifetime, I guess. So what what kind of distance do you run? Do you stick with a shorter distance or longer distance or ultra distance? <laughs> I, I stick with a social distance. <laughs> uh, and, and actually, I, I mean that in all sincerity. I, I will run socially these days. Um, I, I still can be a little competitive about it, but I was never really the fastest runner. So I, I dare say that now just whatever groups of friends or, you know, the girlfriend <laughs> wants to go and, and race in, uh, I, I might, you know, latch on to that, I think. But no, I, I can't say I stick to anyone. I haven't not yet ventured into the ultra side of things. I, I, I prefer right now to, to hang somewhere in the half to full marathon range and, and, and triathlon world. Um, half the year, I will do a little bit more intense running, if you will, because I, I coach cross country. School's name is Belen Jesuit High School. It's an all-boys school. Get to run with with the boys, <laughs> like if I was uh, back in high school. It was actually my old high school, and I've been the head coach there for 15, 16 years. So at least for about five to six months, I'm forced to run through some mud, through some cross-country trails, uh, and and about five, six times a, uh, a week. And uh, that's uh, a little less social, if you will, because I can't I can't necessarily talk while while trying to keep up with them. Uh, but that's that's probably when I get myself into the best shape. Talk about uh, running and running community and uh, running social running. What's the running community like in Miami and that area? Yeah, uh, Miami has, I should say, grown up a bit through throughout the years. Um, I think we're we're turning the corner from uh, from being this emerging community to to what I would refer to as um, a a lifestyle running community where it's just now another consistent thing that Miami has to offer. I mean, Miami has a tendency to be very uh, trendy in its own way. And, uh, and this is one of those things that I think has, has turned the corner from being uh, a trend in the community to an actual uh, part of, of um, its culture where we are um, sort of a transient place. So it's, uh, it's a bit difficult to feel community down here. And uh, I, I can say that's changed. And, and in due part, it's the groups like run clubs and 
uh, bike clubs and triathlon groups and and all the fitness and endurance clubs you sometimes see in other in, a, in some of the other major cities uh, has finally arrived in Miami, and and I I, I know that that uh, we were joking about the weather early on, but the truth is that Miami can meet to run, bike or swim. I mean, you name it, every single day of the year. Yeah. But but the truth is that that um, always left me thinking: why wasn't there this real popular running uh community down here uh for so many years uh prior and 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 i again i'm i'm really i was relatively young when i started things and and i know that there's like they say some founding fathers and and mothers that uh that had the movement here almost in line with a lot of things that were happening in the in the uh in the country in terms of running but there there seemed to be a little bit of a lag in in making it uh popular or mainstream or uh, uh i should say even young to a certain extent, um, no disrespect to, to the groups that came before us, but I don't know. I guess we latched on to this sort of second and a half to third running boom that we're seeing in in a great way, you know. And and so that you know to answer your question, uh, the community's healthy, growing, you know, somewhat somewhat stable these days, where where you have groups that have been meeting consistently for weeks on end. And, um, you know, groups such as the Nike Run Club and, and uh, Baptist Health Run Clubs and, and all these different uh, groups down here that are active and, and, and enhancing that community feel here in Miami. Uh, something, something that I think is also important to mention about Miami's running community is that it happened to coincide a bit with, with the Miami Marathon uh, birth, if you will, in 2003 when that event started. Um, you know, you drive up and down. Our popular stretch down here, um, which is uh, Bayshore Drive or, or, or the Rickenbacker along uh, Key Biscayne or on, on your way to Key Biscayne. And you'd see some runners, you know, you'd, you'd see a handful of, uh, of uh, outdoor enthusiasts, whether they would be on uh, uh, pedestrians or, or walkers or, or uh, um, on their bikes and so forth. But the, the truth was that you didn't see these massive groups of people running between 530 in the morning and 830 in the morning. And um, there were some groups. Team and Training was here, uh, training people for Disney and, and some other groups, Miami Runners Clubs and and uh, Footworks and some others. But there wasn't this sense of local, uh, I'd say, fervor for Miami's race because there was none. Um, and and that that sort of uh, I, I guess uh, was was sparked or or um, given a shot in the arm by uh the inception of the miami marathon uh, i'd be remiss to br- not to bring up the fact that we were in the 70s and 80s on the cusp of that 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 running boom with um the orange bowl marathon that that race was i was told poised to be what uh new york became we got a series of some really hot hot races i was told uh, there was some lack of funding uh, but the New the New York Roadrunners and the Miami Road uh, sorry the Miami Runners Club, I, I'm told as, and as I've read were were um, sort of uh, you know lock and step. They were um, doing things that you know following Fred LeBeau's uh, lead over New York that um, you know that that could have led Miami to becoming that running town much sooner. But then we went through a lag about a 10 year drought for for distance running. And, um, you know, with that goes community and, and any kind of sense of run clubs or running clubs, we get to where we're at now, which 15 years later, that, that Miami Marathon, um, I think, is still on a lot of running clubs 
main calendars down here in South Florida. And, and it gives uh, all the more reason for people to, to gather. I can't say it's the only reason these days because there's so many races out there. But it certainly provides that um, epicenter of, uh, of people's goals. So talking about that, uh, I think you mentioned a little bit already. So what does it take you to making that marathon go for 15 years? Is it a, is there some magic or, or just the perseverance and things you keep on doing right and bringing, giving the runners right treatment? How does that work? Um, first year of the, of the event, uh, my two partners at the time, uh, Robert and Gabby Pozo, really had a vision, all three of us, I guess, that we shared uh, in in that this race had to be positioned as a as a destination event, but we wanted it to have the integrity of sport or the integrity of of, of what uh, marathoning is, and we also wanted it to um, to become a. I mean, all the all the bells and whistles that come along with becoming a Boston qualifier and 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 so forth. But we wanted to make sure that it was never positioned as this uh, race that was. Mom and pop, not necessary. Not that there's anything wrong with mom and pop style race or boutique race, but that it had all the makings of what could become a world class event. You know, and and I use those wor- those words loosely because we still have so much, so much more to to uh, to improve. Uh, you'd think that after 15 years, uh, an event would have it down packed, but it has its challenges. And and besides the challenges of 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 continuing to market the event, we have our challenges here with production. But you know, one thing that's that's worth noting is uh, that the event early on um, was quickly, quickly becoming apparent that alongside our vision of making an international or sorry a destination race, we underestimated. I think it's fair to say those first couple of years on how or what kind of destination race it was going to become, and and I think. Um, if my vision, you know, rooted in, in and my partner's visions back then, um, continue to 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 um, evolve, it it should it should uh, eventually become an international event, much like you have some of the world majors and you have some of these uh, uh, great destination uh, races that not only attract your northeast folks when they're snowed in, but um, a lot of folks from Latin America that that really didn't necess- really did not have a, a go to race besides New York and, and to some extent Disney. And that was economical proximity uh, to them as well as a uh, uh, logistical uh, proximity in terms of convenience and, and affordability. And I think um, we positioned that race early on as such. And then all the while making sure we reminded that person that wanted to run a fast race that, hey, Miami is, despite all the pictures you see of beaches and um, palm trees and and sun, that Miami actually in January is one of the cooler months uh, and and more tolerable and and mild uh, months that you can find in the entire country uh, with with temperatures ranging ranging in the 60s and 70s and and every seldom, you know, every so often by the afternoon, you might be in the 80s. So you can enjoy the the beach if you so wanted to. you know, and, and I have to say, in 15 years, we have not had some complete blowout, you know, high 80s race. Um, you know, I, I'm not superstitious, but if I if I was, I'd be knocking on wood. But most of our races have been mid 70s, mid 60s, and and heck, last year was in the 40s. So uh, we we did make sure made we made sure early on that we posted some fast times to show the world that hey, Miami can be fast. In fact, our first winning time was 2:12. That I think showed the world that, hey, wait a minute, you can run fast time in Miami. It's flat, by the way, has a few bridges, but 
it could be pretty fast. And and I, I'm I'm proud that we 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 showed that early early on in our um, in our years. You know, and and I I will say that you know I I can't uh, underplay the fact that um, Miami has grown considerably. Not not so, so much the race, but considerably in terms of of its uh, residents. Uh, I think when we started the race, we may have had about two million residents living in Miami, and and uh, at any given point, I think Miami has about two and a half to two points something or other, uh, a little higher than that, uh, and, and that's that's quite a bit of growth in in the last few years, and and it has a lot to do with the urban uh, population that has uh, sorry urban core that has has become more populated. Um, our downtown is much, much busier. In fact, at last, last I heard, we're close to 100,000 people living downtown. I think when we started, we may have had 10,000. So that's helped out quite a bit. Also contributed to, to some of the, um, the running groups. Uh, we, we also have uh, the number of visitors up quite a bit in Miami. That, that's due to the fact that travel just continues to, to be uh, an easy thing to do to Miami. I think we have over 100 airlines or something like that that make Miami a, a destination. It's one of the, one of the few airports that has so many flying into into uh, MIA, and then we have the proximity to Fort Lauderdale uh, that makes us uh, a pretty easy uh, uh, sell and, and usually an affordable one. Definitely, it was my first time coming down to Miami and South Florida. Mm -hmm. I've never been down uh, south of Orlando, so that was a pretty good change. And talk about uh, some of the things you have done in 15 years. What what was your biggest struggle in those 15 years of running Miami Marathon? Uh, I, I think it ha has been to manage the growth of the city simultaneously with the growth of the event. You know, the first few years blocking roads wasn't as big of a deal because you didn't have the kind of traffic you have now. Uh, plus, then you didn't have the kind of uh, numbers you have now in the race. Whereas before, you might be able to slip some cars in between the runners. And I have to remind your listeners that Miami doesn't have subways. So when you close surface roads, you pretty much close the city. That, I think, has been one of the bigger challenges to mitigate traffic issues, you know, or, or I should say traffic inconveniences. And the city's been great, uh, or cities, because we do it in the city of Miami and Miami Beach and, and Miami-Dade County. Uh, they've all been great to work with. Uh, we've got several commissioners that have helped us out, uh, Commissioner Heyman, Commissioner Diaz, um, you know, and, and, and so many others along the way. Uh, Miami Beach has uh, got a few commissioners as well, Commissioner Ariola and Commissioner, they're, they're all, these guys are all runners, uh, Grico and, and the mayor. Uh, of the, of the respective cities and, and county have all been great to us. Uh, but I have to say, like, we've been dealt those cards where, uh, for instance, last year we had um, the Venetian Causeway, which you got a chance to see, which is one of the, the more scenic parts of the route. That's uh, when you're doing kind of those those islands that you're you're hopping, <laughs> you're kind of island hopping along uh, some some very expensive neighborhoods. Um, that causeway was actually under construction last year and because it was built back in the early 1900s and it just continues to have uh, issues. And so you've got a lot of road construction that we've been affected. Uh, Miami's not that big of a place. We may have a lot of people living here, but our roadways are not designed for, you know, um, very wide uh, <laughs> course lanes. So you've, you've got a lot of um, construction that has affected our route throughout the years. However, we have managed to keep the integrity of the integrity of the course uh, throughout the years. We we continue to use Miami and Miami Beach, uh, two different cities. And people people that are listening may may think that Miami's everything, but there's actually a two a big distinction. Miami Beach is actually an island. It's a, a barrier island that uh, we get to 
via basically three three uh, major arteries or three uh, causeways over the over the bay. And um, managing those kinds of things uh, have have become a bit of a challenge throughout the fifteen years. Uh, no no question about it. You know, no no race director likes to to uh, have to recertify a course and remeasure and go through the process of um, notifying new new residents and and a new neighborhood you might be impacting. Um, you know, in educating your own population, your own staff on the nuances of the new route. Um, that that makes things a bit a bit difficult uh, throughout the years. Everyone thinks, oh, you know what? Another finish line, another start line. Just kind of uh, submit your pra- your paperwork, and and that's it. Well, every year it just gets more and more complicated. We need a few more cops. We need a few uh, more uh, maintenance of traffic plans because maybe a new road was reconfigured or or a new building was built, <laughs> and we need to figure out how to get people out. Yeah, it used to be a ghost town when you ran. I, I don't know if you if you remember your last mile uh, or so, a mile and a half. If you um, or of, of the half marathon, if um, you would have done that 15 years ago, you'd be running through a desolate, empty uh, downtown with no buildings, uh, just some office buildings shuttered up. Now you actually have residents down there. So I have to make sure those residents can get in and out of their of their uh, places or apologize if they can't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Uh, I do. I did notice that uh, as as we we're coming down to a split, and there was a lot of people, and there were not only the families and friends there waiting, cheering. So, talking about it's a bit, it's a bit difficult. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie there because it's been difficult because it's a 6 a.m. race start, and and I have to stress that to your listeners in that Miami runs while everyone else is sleeping, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so you you might find yourself with more traffic of people going home from nightclubs than you might from you know daily users or daily uh, commuters so between 5 a.m i would say and about 8 a.m is when most people do their training and our race is held actually during that time so um getting spectators out and and so forth can be a little bit a little bit daunting for us i know a lot of runners are like bring the spectators out like they do in new york or chicago or boston and our answer usually is well, help us wake them up or help us get them out of the nightclubs earlier <laughs> you know definitely uh one last question on the on the same line uh, what is your biggest achievement you feel that 15 years of running this uh miami marathon uh a single biggest achievement i, I probably I'd be I'd struggle to give you a single one. Um, I think it's just a accumulation, an accumulation of all of uh, of its parts. The Kids Run Miami program is a big, big part uh, of, of things for us. Um, that that event or that event within the event is something special to me, at least, since I'm, I'm a high school coach and, and I, I find kids to be uh, worth, worth investing in and, and, and not just from a, from a physical standpoint, but from, uh, you know, a confidence building and an emotional st- uh, standpoint. I, I'd have to say that one of the, and, and you know, you know, Marcella, I, I can, I can probably relate most to what we've accomplished together with her. And that's that we've brought throughout the years, uh, people to Miami to see what Miami is like. And give them, I, I guess, a sense of hope and 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 excitement that the rest of the world can be a lot like Miami, uh, in that people get along uh, quite well down here. Uh, we may not be the nicest people all the time because Lord knows 
we, we, we can be a bit, a bit difficult to, to even say hi to sometimes. But, um, but I think you, you find that there's this complete, complete, and the term is overused, but this complete melting pot here in Miami. And I, I'd argue probably more so like a salad in that, in that, um, and I think this, that's been used by others in that you can still retain your culture and, and bringing thousand Colombians like Marcella has helped us do to meet up with family and friends down here and see the world kind of converge that day, speaking their language, um, and, and, and allowing them to hold their flags up as if they were still in their own countries. I think that that's been a pretty special achievement on our end. Um, in other words, I haven't brought the world to Miami so that Miami can impose, uh, or the U S can impose its ways on, on the visitor, but the other way around, we've allowed sort of the runner to come to Miami and, and feel like they can bring a piece of them to, uh, to contribute to what Miami has become. Uh, so I, I, I find that as an achievement because we've done certain things. We've made sure that, you know, we have country flags out in the course. We have, uh, our expo has a little bit more of a, of a Spanish friendly feel to it in terms of, of, of some of the languages that you might be helped in. Um, some of our emails and, and our website and so forth are, are available, uh, uh, with different languages and, and with lifetime fitness's help, which I, I can't, I can't stress enough how, how they've been important to us, uh, or, or to the event, uh, lifetime fitness's help. We continue through services like Athlinks and Chrono Track to, to make, um, uh, the event, uh, as appealing as possible to international, uh, folks. There's, there's no question in my mind that um, that's a great achievement that we have to continue building on. I, I tell people all the time, I want 50% of this race to speak another language. Um, you know, right now, I dare say we have about 20%, maybe about 25%. Uh, so there's still some, some achieving to do. Uh, no, no question about that. Definitely, I, I probably added one more for you. So, so no. what, what language was language was that? I'm originally from Nepal, so it's a Nepali oh. language. So you can add. Yeah. Go ahead and add that one. <laughs> That's great. That's but, great. We're gonna put you. I'm gonna put you at the info booth. Uh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I can speak a little bit of Spanish. I do use my Spanish while I was there and talking to people in Spanish. You know, I need to practice Spanish before I head back to Miami again to pace. So. So like, you, you, you felt it, right? Like everywhere, everywhere is the Spanish. It's, it, it's amazing. English is second to the language, which I know some people may not be happy with, but we, we are a product in a way of, of the environment that we, that we've been living in here in Miami. Um, it, it is an international city that, um, sort of flies under the radar. I think sometimes of, of major cities, uh, you know, for, for, for the right reasons sometimes. But I think uh, we're somewhat of a test tube down here, uh, baby, if you will, in that if every, everybody looks uh, down at, at, or I shouldn't say down, but looks south at, at uh, how we're doing things here in terms of um, the way, the way our, our neighborhoods intersect and, and so forth, there is poverty, there is a certain degree of, uh, of, of homelessness and, and regular societal issues. But, but I think um, something you'll find fascinating is that Miami can feel welcoming to, to a lot of folks uh, with something as simple as finding all these different dialects and languages here to connect with. Um, there's, there's, uh, and then running becomes that, you know, the common denominator that everyone is able to, uh, to connect through. You know, no other city, race, other than I would argue New York, can, can offer that the way Miami can in terms of its proximity to, um, 
you know, so many international uh, cities. Definitely. As you move forward, what do you see the Miami Marathon growing in five or 10 years or 15 years? I mean, I think we've got, we've got to button up a, a lot of our, um, our things down uh, with, with the industry itself, uh, making, making the race as convenient as possible to, from everything from registration to, to, um, you know, the race day experience. So, so I'd like, I'd like to, for us to continue focusing on, on, on some of the things we've done well to make them even better. Uh, I'd, I'd also like to see the race be a leader in, in the way it treats its community. Um, I, I'd also like to see the race, um, become, um, an example to, to the industry in terms of, of how it handles things like medical issues with, with heat and, and what we seem to, to be experiencing, which is climate change. Uh, we're, we're ground zero down here with, with that, um, uh, issue. I'd uh, li- like to see the uh, the event become somewhat of of uh, or or more so become its um, l- sort of race of the Americas, where you do have a lot of the Latin American top runners using this as a as a serious stop uh, on their on their tour, and and not artificially either. Um, what I mean by that is that not necessarily putting together tons of money to pay the top runners to come here, but uh, making the race so appealing that a runner that that uh, just wants to come showcase his talent, maybe maybe put it, it's his sponsors on the map uh, or something, might uh, might want to really make Miami part of our, of its calendar. Uh, maybe because of the the fast times that the race produces, uh, the way it falls on the calendar for for some of the runners to to qualify for for some of their. Um, Olympic teams. Uh, so I, I'd like to see more of that happening down here. Um, you know, and, and, and every, I, I know everyone starts to talk numbers and like, well, how many numbers would you like to, or how high would you like the numbers to be? I can't, I can't say that, that, um, you know, I'm fixated on a, on a particular number and say, I want to be 30,000 or, or anything, because like I said, I think our, our race has some challenges in terms of, of, of the width of certain areas of the route. And we do have uh, some challenges to how long we can hold the roads. So uh, I'm not as focused on that as I was maybe five, six, seven years ago. Uh, I think that 25,000 number, maybe maybe the 30,000 number would be um, pretty pretty remarkable if we can be there uh, consistently in the next five years or so. But I don't know if we, if you and I were talking again in 15 years, uh, I, I would like to look at the race and and say it's not like any other race. You know, uh, I think everyone uses the uh, examples set forth by by so many of the leaders like Chicago, Boston, and and, and Berlin, and, and and some of these other major city races. Uh, I'd, I'd like for people to really see that this race as, gosh, you can't move the Miami Marathon anywhere else because it's. It, it is Miami, uh, and um, and I, I'm going down there to run the race because I'm going to leave with that Miami uh, sort of passport uh, stamp, and 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 really leave uh, getting a feel for for the community and hopefully uh, running a good time with uh, with some friends and family. That sounds like a great vision, there, Frankie. Before we conclude this interview, I would like to you to invite the runners out there to r- come to run your. Miami Marathon next year or years to come, and uh, and also give advice to people who have dreamed to make an event or you know actually set a 5K to 10K, kind of make it a successful event like what you have done. 
Yeah, no, I, I mean, I invite everybody uh, to to consider us. I mean, it took me five years to convince you <laughs> uh, to to come in, but no, I, in all seriousness, I, I, um, I invite people to, to to take a look at at our event. Um, you know, call me if you'd like at the office. I'll I'll uh, I'll answer the phone call and and either address some of the doubts you might have or or give you some tips on how to make the the experience a, a great one. Uh, recommend some restaurants and and uh, some other other Miami things to do uh, while while you're down here. But um, you know, I think I think give it give it a, a hard look. Um, you know, visit our website. Obviously, um, that that's a that's a great start. Um, and uh, feel free to look me up on social media or on email and 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 I'll, I'll do my best to, to tell you the good and and um, the uh, stuff that we we all know we um, you know need to expect from a, from a major city uh, destination race like ours uh, the second part of the question is to having an event like yours and in, in setting up what does it take to give more advice to beginner people who are setting a 5k and marathon what kind of su- suggestion would you make for event managers and event directors? I think uh, one of the things they, they should do is um, really get to know their community first, you know, or be a part of building the community. Uh, some Sometimes race directors just, or, or as they say, that the barrier to entry is relatively low. Uh, they just go after entry fee money and, 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 and they're just looking at the dollar signs that come with races, which the secret is that it's not all that lucrative, but um, the uh, advice I would I would give somebody starting up is is to to latch on to an existing group, do some do some races abroad or 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 uh, around their their state, or um, uh, take take good notes of uh, of what other events are doing by by uh, keeping track of them through social media, videos, and all the things that you have access to now, so that. Uh, you know, you can put together a good event, focus on the basics, you know, your, your water, your medals, your t-shirts, uh, and the safety of the runners and, and then let the bells and whistles come thereafter. Um, but I, I would, I would caution people that are, are thinking about putting on a race, uh, into thinking it's a, it's an easy endeavor because to do it right is, is something that is still a moving target and, and, and not that easy to do. But if you are, Sort of a race director, maybe in your first year producing events. Uh, don't be afraid to ask for for some help and advice. The the, the community of, of race directors is isn't gotten something somewhat larger, but it's still relatively um, accessible. And and uh, you know, from running store owners to run running club um, organizers, you you have a host of, of folks that can provide a little bit of direction. Uh, don't don't think you have all the answers. Uh, there's still no perfect science uh, into to staffing water stations, to putting up a finish line. All that kind of stuff continues to to, to move and, and evolve. So uh, keep learning. Visit visit those those conferences like Running USA. Um, take take your time to to really learn uh, what what uh, some some of the runner sorry some of the race directors before you have done to to pave the way. Because it certainly is uh, a long. We've come a long way, and we still have a lot, a lot more to go. Great, Frankie. It sounds uh, like great advice. Thanks for your time, and uh, I look forward to come down next year and pace Miami again. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the invitation, and I look forward to, to having you here, in Miami.
Thanks for listening to another episode of M Runs Podcast. Please subscribe to Voice of Runners on iTunes and other platforms, as well as uh, follow Marathon Runs on Instagram for daily stories. Like us on Facebook and visit mruns.com.